bundle up, Buttercup. We're gonna get started in about five minutes. We got the ladies here. Yeah. Hey, they're a real audience. Excited about that. Hey, guy driving by in a car. Yeah. Comedy gonna happen here in a few minutes. Yeah, it's good. It's like it's it's the new speed dating. You just get a microphone and stand on the street at yelling guys in cars. Is that is that like catcalling? Is that like the old days? Is that feminism is real? It's objectified equally. Uh, all right, we're gonna get started in a few minutes. Yeah.
Yeah. You already have comedy pneumonia? You cold? You bundled up, Buttercup? You okay? You're going to be... Oh, I'm I'm sorry. It's good to keep the mask on. It's one of the only good things about the mask is we get to be perpetually warm now. So that's nice. Also, it covers up my crepey neck. No one knows how old I am. Yay. I just got French Botox. That's when you cut bangs for yourself. So with the mask and the sunglasses and the bangs, I mean, from behind, I look like I'm 22, you know? It's like, I always wanted to be, I mean, I never wanted to be pregnant, but I always wanted to be one of those pregnant women that you see them from the back and they just look like a regular lady and they turn sideways and you're like, whoa, you're growing an alien inside you. That's cool. How'd you keep your ass so small? Kids? No, you guys are too young, clearly. Too young. I have abortions older than you. I think that's true. I had my first abortion in 1995. That's 25 years ago. 26 now, if you can do the math. 26 years ago, I had my first abortion, and I only have one regret about that abortion. And that's, uh, you know, I didn't have the kid because right now I could be having sex with all of his friends. All of them. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> Mistakes in my life. Uh, I've been dating. That's weird and uh, fun. You guys, you do, the, you do the dates, you do the internet, da- you do the Tinders and the Bumbles and the profiles and the stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't do the internet dating. Uh, some people say raise the bar, some people say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar. Like that's how you get it done. Oh, do we have to have a... But so I, I, don't, I don't have an internet profile. Uh, but I, 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 have been, I have been dating and I feel like it's like, it's like trying on shoes. I, you know, you go and you, you like the pattern of the shoes and you go, oh, those are cute shoes. But then the shoes are no good. They make your feet. You try to fit into the shoes. You're like, I'm gonna try. And you walk around in the shoes for a minute. And they're just, oh, they just don't fit right. And, and then you get a blister. You know what I mean? It's just like dating. You end up getting a blister. That's a herpes joke for you guys. Anybody else? I'm, I'm more afraid of herpes than uh, COVID, by the way. I'm like, don't spit in my mouth, dude. I don't know you. I'm not afraid. <laughs> it's gross. What am I going to get there? Good. Everyone's got the herp. No, they do. 70% of people have it. It's true. There's some San Francisco hygiene issues uh, that I've been dealing with personally. Uh, I, 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 found, I found these tights in a tree in the mission. These are tree tights. That's a thing. Uh, my question is, if my tree tights don't smell like pee, do I have to wash them before I wear them? No. I've been wearing them for like 18 days, and now they smell like my pee. But I kind of like that. That's weird, right? Is that gross? Okay. I smell my pee. Uh, San Francisco hygiene question number two. When you're using the public restroom at Civic Center, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? Is that more of an etiquette question, really? I'm not sure. Uh, the last hygiene question. I'm trying to lower my carbon footprint. I don't know about y'all. So when I'm going number two, if I use the same teepee to wipe my nose and then my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? Dermatologist says yes. Herpes simplex one and two, same herpes. Just location, location, location. I live in the Tenderloin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so nice. 
I always know that I'm dressed cute when I get propositions for sex. <laughs> you know, like, this is a cute outfit, thank you. <laughs> I, like, you cannot p pay me for sex. You could get uh, ketamine maybe, but not, <laughs> not, but not like actual money. Trade economy. I have been getting, I've been getting cat ca complimented, called, it's hard to tell. I don't know if they're compliments or cat calls. A gentleman uh, looked at me and he said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. Oh, that's a compliment, and I'm taking it. Thank you, sir. I look good. Walked by another gentleman, and he looked at me deep in the eyes, and he said, you look like you know something. <laughs> I've always wanted to be seen as smart, like you. You get me. You see me. So happy. I try not to wear skirts because I get unwarranted compliments. A gentleman said, girl, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Ah! Ah, I'm tackling. Also, like, that's gross, bro. Like, why do you want to smell that dude's jizz? Like, that's, that's like your problem. That's like, that's like y it's on you, man. Actually, it's all over me. It's all <laughs> that's the problem. I do understand cat calling, I really do, because I have a kitten. Who has cats? Who loves cats? Cats! Cats, cats, cats! Yay! Bow to your alien overlords, the cats with one paw! Yes! I do, I do love cats. But I know, I try to cat call my cat all the time. I say, baby kitty, come here. I love you, baby kitty, come here. And then she ignores me. I'm like, baby kitty, you get over here. She shows me her butthole, and I'm like, you are asking for it! And I run over and I pick her up without consent and I flip her over like a baby and I kiss her on the mouth. Cat calling. Doesn't work on cats either. <laughs> Doesn't work on anybody. Sorry. That's not a COVID cough. That that's a weed cough. Every cough I have started with a fat bowl of weed. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Uh, I am I am getting super old though. I know that I'm old because I had to use my reading glasses to pack my bong. Forgot trichomes, bicomes. It's so pretty. <laughs> I left my reading glasses on. I looked up in the mirror, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> who is that? I am not pretty. I saw my wrinkles when I woke up. Ah! I like to beer goggle myself. That's why I try not to wear my glasses. Everything's so fuzzy and pretty. <laughs> Put Vaseline on the lens, Mr. DeMille. That's a Vaseline. Oof. Not a good lubricant. <laughs> well, I guess, anyways, I didn't mean to go there. I'm sorry, I've been dating, I've been thinking about weird things. I'm going through menopause, so I am horny as, like, the F word that I didn't use. Look how I search, I like, woo! It's crazy. My eggs are screaming as they're getting out of my body. They're like, what's going on? They're screaming. The eggs are screaming. He doesn't have eggs yet. He's um, I have, like, two eggs left. <laughs> I was really... I was really bummed out about the Super Bowl because, like, Tom Brady was playing or whatever, and I guess he was doing well, but I'm kind of angry because I feel like we're misusing his natural talent. Like, Tom Brady should not be on the field throwing footballs around. He should be locked in a closet hooked up to a jizz machine because he should be taking all of his sperm and giving it to everyone. Tom Brady babies for all. There is another astronaut in that nutsack. The next president is in that nutsack. I know it. 
I mean, I'm going through menopause and I have an IUD, but I would rip out my IUD with these sharp fingernails to put some Tom Brady sperm in there. Are you kidding me? A miracle baby? He's 44, I'm 46. We could have the next president. I'll be older than Joe Biden. Well, I'm not going to live that long. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I got, I got a, a loan from the government to keep this place alive, a 30-year fixed loan. And I'm like, joke's on you, government. I'm not going to live 30 years. You think I'm paying you back? Ha, ha, ha. Right? 30 years. I'm old. That's fun for me. Uh, let me connect with you more before I, oh, yeah, this is the exciting thing about menopause. Like, I am crazy. I think I have, I think I have a homeless boyfriend now. Like, um, if gift giving is my love language, I've given him so many edibles. And the other day, I gave him a puffy jacket and a pair of old jeans. And he was so excited. And I think that was my dowry. And we might, we might be getting married. I don't know. I'm I think next time he shares his chow mein with me, we're like a street officially street kid married. He's cute. Hey, you're in a car. Yay. Oh, the police are on. Police are cool. <laughs> you guys know any cool cops? You know any cool cops? Anybody like cool cops? Any cops when you're on the street and you're smoking a spliff and you're like, you cool cop? <laughs> you want to you want a hit, bro? Yeah, this is good. Anybody ever done that? No. I'll, I'll close on a little white privilege thing. This is what I was talking about, the cops. I know that I have white privilege because I did this thing once in the mission, and I didn't get arrested. Uh, it was 1.45 in the morning, and I had cute shoes on, and I had an outfit, and I was like, and my feet hurt. And I was holding my shoes in the air, and I was like, I need a cab. I need a cab. And what pulled up was a police car. And they were like, well, what do you need help with, ma'am? And I was like, I need a cab. And they drove me home. The San Francisco PD put me in the back of the car and drove me to the Tenderloin. They're like, you really, you need to, we need to help keep you safe. I'm like, I know, I'm white, help me. No, it wasn't, it wasn't because I was white. It's because I'm a woman. I'm kidding. I'm putting back feminism so many years. That's the thing. If you're not going to wear your mask right now, at least you could smile at me for feminism. You know, like you're not wearing your mask. Smile. Thank you. The guys inside get the feminist joke. That's good. There's a quick feminist joke here. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own door. Thank you. <laughs> I think the precept of feminism. I don't know how it works. I don't read books. No, that's not true. I do. I do read books. A lot of women in the 70s burned bras and read books, so I could talk about my butthole on stage. Yeah. Which incidentally looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. I am old. <laughs> that just happens. Whether you have a baby or not. <laughs> the hemorrhoids joke. Did you guys get the, it wasn't a herpes joke. I don't have herpes on my butthole yet. <laughs> Yay. Like a professional ending on a butt joke with herpes. Yay. Uh, so I'm your host tonight, Pam Benjamin. You can clap for me. Yay. Me. Uh, yeah, and this is the perfect costume for today. I pulled together some Grey Gardens stuff. Ever, anybody know Grey Gardens? Yeah? Okay, so you know how she took, like, tops and skirts and flipped them upside down? This used to be a top. This was a top from, like, seriously, from, like, 1994. This was a top I used to wear. And today I was like, I think this is a skirt. I think this is the perfect costume for today. 
little Edie Beal joke for you. All right. Are you ready to get this comedy started? Yes. I'm Ben Benjamin. I'm from Mutiny Radio. I'm your host tonight. This is a jar that I'll be accepting money in later. Uh, we have a really great, huge lineup. And comedians from all over the place, from as far flung as Walnut Creek. <laughs> and and even farther still, L.A. and all kinds of great places. Your first comedian, he's a lovely gentleman, and he shows up here on Mondays for the Joke Workshop. And this is his first showcase in front of an actual audience. So I need you to be the sweetest, kindest people and clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Ian Langlands. Yay! Come on. It's not my first time. I didn't know what you guys had in store for me. So you can, you can uh, raise your expectations for me now. Okay, comedy. Okay. Um, interesting point that Pam brought up is about herpes and COVID and what would you rather have? Because that's kind of a question that I've been having is like people that are actively dating right now and you're sitting across from them. Like, what are you thinking? Would you rather them have COVID or would you rather them have an STD? Because if they got an STD, then you just like have to tell all your sexual partners that you have it. Or if it's COVID, then you got to tell everybody you've ever met in the past like seven months. So I don't know what's more of a burden. That's just uh, that's just me rambling. Um, okay, let's move on to something a little lighter. Does anybody have a loved one with dementia? That's an actual question. No, does anybody have dementia? By the way, anybody? No, I guess I guess you wouldn't remember anyway. Um, no, but my grandma has dementia, um, and I was. A few months ago, I was tasked with the uh, lovely quest to take care of her for a few hours. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm 21. I should be going out partying, and i got to take care of my demented grandmother. Um, you know, not, not how I would like to live that Saturday morning, but, you know, that's how it is. Um, and so I was worried that I had to do all this stuff with her, but really what you got to do with someone who has dementia, you just watch Game Show Network and make sure they don't jump off the balcony. It's <laughs> pretty easy, actually. Um, and I don't know what it is after you pass the threshold of being 70 years old, you just become like infatuated with game shows. I don't know what that is. And, sh and she loves it. You know, she loves it. And then her favorite show came on, which is Jeopardy. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you why her favorite show was Jeopardy. Like, she couldn't recognize herself in the mirror, let alone, like, know who the leader of Prussia was in 1860. But she loved Jeopardy. So we're watching Jeopardy, you know. We're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling. I'm just sitting, I'm trying to enjoy myself. And she turns to me and she goes, when did that man get here? And we're alone in the room. And I didn't know that this task was going to come with questions. So I'm like, okay, grandma, let's just, uh, let's just move on from this. So I ignore her and we move on. Five minutes later, she asks me again. She goes, who's that man in the suit? When did that man in the suit get here? So now I fucking realize that I have to convince my demented grandmother that the ghost of Alex Trebek is not in the room with us. Um, not, a, not a fun thing to do, I'll tell you. And so I keep telling her, I'm like, Grandma, no, Alex Trebek is not in the room with us. Oh, and by the way, if a loved one starts seeing the ghost of game show hosts, then you might want to double check you're on the will because they're on the way out, okay? Um, <laughs> that's awful. Okay. God bless. Okay, so, so I tell her, I'm like, Grandma, 
Alex Trebek's not in the room, and she's not budging. And I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, hey, you're the one with the deteriorating brain. I would trust me, okay? I'm the, one, I'm the expert. She doesn't believe me. We're rolling, we're rolling, and I'm like, you know, I'm young. I like to have fun. Let's play a little game with her. So I tell her she's a contestant on Jeopardy. That's fun, right? You know, that's what you do with, you know, when you're taking care of your 80-year-old grandmother. She's a contestant on Jeopardy, and she lights up. She loves it. So I start rambling questions off to her, and her brain's stuck in 1973, so naturally she's getting them all wrong. So who cares, okay? This is probably the last light she'll have in her life for, I don't know, maybe a few months. Um, <laughs> um, so rambling questions, she's getting them wrong, and then my mom walks in, and it's final Jeopardy. And so I turn to my grandma, and I go, who wrote the poem, The Raven? And she replies, Frank Sinatra? Wrong. So I naturally I pulled the plug on her because if she <laughs> if she doesn't get final Jeopardy, then she's not going to make it any, any longer. Jeez, I just packed like seven dead grandma jokes in one, and none of them landed. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but she did eventually pass. Um, God rest her soul. It was, a, it was a trippy thing, her funeral. It was like during COVID. So like at the time when you really need to like touch people and hug people and couldn't do any of that, and it was all surreal, and you know, it was a whole thing. So we had the funeral. We had the service. And uh, a small group of us go back to my parents' house for dinner. And when you, when someone dies and they pass through the mortuary, you get little like name cards of the person with a little bio. And we noticed that we got the wrong name card. It was some guy named Peter Chang. Peter Chang is not the name of my grandmother. Um, we're like, hey, that's kind of weird that we got this guy's name. And then we think, I'm like, wait a minute. The mortuary gave us the wrong name cards. Was that the right casket? And we looked at my uncle, and we're like, so was that the right casket? And he goes, I don't know. I never saw it. Because why would you see the casket that your mother would be, be buried in? I don't know. So now when people ask me the name of my grandmother, I have to answer in the form of a question, who is Peter Chang? Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, he is my Peter Chang is my grandma now because he's buried with my grandfather in that plot. Um, which is really sad. And all in all honesty, my grandmother's body may or may not have been shipped to Beijing to be married. Uh, let's just hope that uh, Chinese heaven lets her in. God bless. Okay, that's all I got. Thank you. I'm Ian. Yeah, thank you, Miami. Ian Langlands, yay! Funeral jokes, all right. That's so great. No, uh, the last time I was at a funeral, it was exciting because uh, I was smoking pot in the bathroom, and I was blowing the smoke down the toilet as I was flushing, thinking that that worked. Uh, it actually does not work. Everyone, everyone knew. Every single person knew that I was smoking pot. <laughs> like in the entire other, the other funerals were like, "Who is smoking the weed?" And I come out and I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> coffin selection's a blast, man. <laughs> it's, it's a fun time at the funeral." Cool. Uh, I love it when people die because they usually gift me all of their drugs. <laughs> Thanks, Big Austin in the sky. Uh, my ex-husband's father died, my ex-father-in-law. And when he was on his deathbed, he was like, Keith, just give Pam all of my drugs. <laughs> so I got like 59 Marinol. They were amazing. Okay. So yay. Big Austin always loves me. All right. Your next comedian, uh, he's a lovely human being, and I've known him for many, many years, and he's super funny. Clap your hands together for John Alcabez. Yay! 
what's up? How you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I swear this never happens. Um, what's up? How you guys doing? Thanks for being here. This is smart of us. Um, I, I don't know. No, I do appreciate you guys being here and, you know, wearing your mask or, you know, just keeping it on you like an amulet, whatever. Um, I... Isn't it cool with the masks how, like, half of us have masks that are clothing and half of us have masks that are garbage? I think that's fun. Um, have you noticed that? I feel like there's a real divide now. Like, I see people in literal Louis Vuitton masks, and I'm like, that's cool. I'm wearing a used Kleenex and two rubber bands, but you look great. I'm happy that you look so good. Um, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was staying with my parents. Um, and at one point uh, during that time, I got a notification from the Tinder app on my phone. And it wasn't like, if you use the app, you know, it wasn't a person, a message, or a match. It was just the app telling me about it, that it exists, you know? It was just like, hey, what's up? We're Tinder, so did we get your hopes up and then disappoint you? Well, there's plenty more where that came from. Get on in here, buddy, you know? Um, but it was like the very beginning of the pandemic, so my first thought when that happened, I was like, oh, no. If I have casual sex right now, my parents will die. Um, and then my next thought, I was like, oh, now I know what it's like to be Catholic. Okay, cool. Radical empathy, you know? Because I'm Jewish, so my only internal monologue is just like, it's just your parents will die. Like, there's no qualifiers, really. They just are going to die. You guys all Jewish? Yeah? Cool. I was told you'd all be Jewish, so... I'm glad that was at least that request. Hey, party people. This is Pam. You're listening to the AltaCast right now. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> I hope we're getting a call from the Sheriff of Truth at 1 o'clock. But uh, I'm going to play an old 2017 AltaCast while we're waiting for that potential call. And I uh, hope you're all having a beautiful day. It's it's gorgeous out there, you know. Uh, February 1st. I cannot believe it is February 1st, 2017. You are listening. You are listening to the Mutiny Radio.fm. You're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I am joined today by the wonderful, the always amazing... Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey, happy hey. Black History Month. It's Black History Month. Yes, not I, for long. I thought about that this morning. Uh, we are also joined by new Mutiny Radio mutineer, Kaysen Wise. Good morning, ladies, and hey. happy Black History Month. Yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Thank you. Very cool. Very welcome. He's still working on his, the title of his show that's going to be every Tuesday from 2 to 4. Uh, and it's a it's a bi city. It's a double city. That's true. We are a uh, single coast bi city. We're in Los Angeles and San Francisco. God. Gonna be doing some range. interviews and cool things down there. Figure Job I don't have enough friends in one city. I had to make some in a second one. <laughs> Take guests any way I can get them is pretty much it. But yes, we don't have a title yet, but that doesn't stop Pam from advertising and pushing us out there, which I appreciate. So thank you, Pam. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so yeah, this is the Altcast. We are now uh, news partners not only with the Drug Policy Alliance, which is awesome. Uh, they've been uh, pushing drug policy reform, uh, specifically around harm reduction. And uh, so that's great. We've been working with them for a while now, thanks to Melissa Moore. And now we are partnered with NARL, uh, the pr 
pro-choice nationalists, the national pro-choice group, uh, they bought food for me on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> there was a bunch of comedians. Narl's really interesting because they are using comedians to get their information out there, which is amazing that they think that we have any value. Because we're not <laughs> fake, fake news. Because we're not, well, there's so much fake news out there that it's all like, at this point, it's all opinion, you know? And when news first started, Kason was talking about this yesterday, when news first started you in, before the 60s, you couldn't have a, a one opinion without the same amount of airtime from the opposite opinion. You just couldn't do that. And now we have huge news outlets that have their own bias. That, and they're completely honest about their bias. I mean, you know when you're going to Fox News what you're getting. Poor yeah. shit. Right. <laughs> but it's the same thing. When you know you're going to the AltaCast and you're listening to this, you know that you're going to get... Real shit. The real shit. The, well, <laughs> the real truth as filtered uh, behind our, our socialist eyes. Or as I'd like to call myself now, a Marxist. Um, this is, I didn't, I don't know when we're going to, I don't know how it's going to come up, if we should let it come up organically or if we should address the elephant in the room. Uh, Kaysen is not of the Democrat persuasion, nor of the Green Party, nor of the independents. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, no, this is this is the truth. So this is, uh, this is a great first impression I'm going to have to come up with is I am actually a registered Republican. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw things just yet. I didn't vote for any of this nonsense, and I'm not a fan of most of it, but I am one of those Republicans that uh, thinks uh, in general terms uh, women should have rights, uh, we should all have equal rights, black lives do matter. Uh, of, I'm of this ilk, but also I think fiscal responsibility is important, which it's not to say that Democrats and others don't, but I would like to fight the party from the inside and make it a better p party. I had kind of an idealism about it, and it's sucking right now, and I really wish I could change it. So basically, you are the party of Lincoln. Technically, ah. because uh, originally that's what Republicans were. Yes. So yeah. technically, you're OG Republican. Yes. Not not the Reagan Republicans no. or the Eisenhower. More of like the 1860 Republican. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. She caught and that very quickly. You, yes, didn't, so. you didn't call him your favorite word. Oh, Republican. Yes. <laughs> uh, because there's no because I I'm from the Midwest and I know different types of Republican. Republicans and Republicans. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Republicans. And I, I, I'm actually, you know, the thing is, the difference between those is like what I just described as the more party of Lincoln right. rather than those of the party of Reagan. Uh, big difference. The difference is, is exactly what you were just describing of what an OG Republican is. That's actually the uh, definition of what it was supposed to be hmm. now it has turned into a side freak show <laughs> and i it's not even a party i'm anymore. calling him 45 now i'm not gonna dignify him with a name cheeto I'm just gonna call him 45 i like that i heard someone else calling him 45. yeah it's uh stacy from unleash the rain started doing it and i was like i love it because i hate to say his name and they were really interested interesting about they said it's he is our president uh so this whole not my president thing is ridiculous yeah but I agree that we he he needs to start acting presidentially. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, it's not going to happen. Now I don't see because he doesn't know how he doesn't know how to. He's never been taught. He's never learned. He's never studied. He's never he's been studied. in any. And I don't think he has any interest in learning either. He does. But it's, there's a certain way that you're supposed to present yourself as the leader of the free world, or at least of this particular nation. I mean, I hate to say that you're the leader of the free world if you're the American president. You know, I don't necessarily believe in that either. I think that the free world is much bigger than the hubris of the American manifest destiny dream or whatever we're doing 
uh, but he's not acting presidentially. This tweeting thing, this tweeting thing is the least, this is like, you're like a junior high girl <laughs> tweeting. How is this, how can we put a gag order on the entire government and yet tweet everything out? It just seems so childish and bizarre to me. And it's becoming kind of kind of routine. The press secretary was showing off tweets in his press conference a few days ago as like, is this is news we should talk about, like taking it seriously. It's crazy. This is the other, in, in other weird Facebook news, Jonathan... Uh, he was in, he was in high school. He went to a really rich high school at Santa Monica High. Uh, he was bussed in from Inglewood. So he but he went to Santa Monica High, and there was the guy who was voted most likely to succeed, and he was a dick in high school. He is now like the guy that you see on the news. He's one of the press guys. He's he's a speechwriter. He's this young guy, and Jonathan showed me yesterday. He's like, this guy was such a dick in high school. He was like, this guy was seriously like nobody. Like he had one friend, and and he was voted most likely to, to achieve or whatever because he was such a dick and he was such like a hardcore. And now he's one of Trump's. 45's main guys and we saw him all over the news with the White House stuff and Jonathan was like of oh course God. of course no. he has a small dick I'm just gonna most people I think most people are most of the dudes in that whole administration have small dicks and See, even this is when, a legitimate news show yeah it is and the fact <laughs> that matter is just sell. like <laughs> People are, I think people need to get a little bit more upset, not with even just Trump, but you know his other lynchman, it's uh... Bannon? Yeah! The Jew-hating, ugly, crater-faced son of a bitch. Who I believe is kind of the Cheney to his bush, which is yeah. he's kind of a mastermind and the real one we should be looking at. Yeah, yeah. totally, the puppet. And Sessions, he's another terrible. Oh, Sessions as well, yes. All of them, all of them are good and terrible. And I didn't know Pence called his wife mother. You, oh my God. Do you know how Norman Gross. Bates of that is? Mm. I mean, you know, Norman Bates, the character in Psycho, would call his mother mother because he was in love with his mother. Well, and when there's just a little, I wow, remember. I didn't know that. It's I, really, he calls her calls her mother. Is huh? he call his he calls his wife mother? Oh God! Well, because the mother of the children. There's a thing like that they do. There's an old movie or whatever where they call they call her they call the mom wife mother because it's somehow I don't know maybe because back in the back in the oldie days you had um, a mistress that you slept with and that was the sexy one and the other <laughs> one that just had the babies was the mother and so you just called a mother oh my god it's like another way of identifying women as what they are used for or can be used for like you are just mother material exactly right, yeah. uh, how do they just you don't need to make up any material about these guys sometimes you can just they can just talk and you can have such great stuff come out of their mouth and by it's, great I mean horrible it's so scary uh, so let's get into our first one here this is from the drug policy alliance uh, Yay, drugs. The, yeah, drugs. This came out this morning, um, press release from the Drug Policy Alliance. Senate Judiciary votes to advance Nightmare Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. Uh, this It's terrible. In, in the actual headline. In quotations, yeah. But this is also, we're getting it from the Drug Policy Alliance, so we're a little bit skewed. Uh, but on the cover of the Drug Policy Alliance website right now, they have a link button that you can immediately contact your senator. So please, please, please go to Drug Policy Alliance uh, at drugpolicy.org and click on that so that you can talk to your senator right away and say, this is not, this is not okay. Uh, party line votes. A party line vote with no Dems in support. Nomination now heads to Senate floor for final vote. DPA Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform. 
Today, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination of Jeff Sessions for Attorney General of the United States. The vote was 11 to 9, with no Democrats supporting the nominee. The nomination will now go to the Senate floor for a full and final vote. Jeff Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform, said Bill Piper, Senior Director for Drug Policy Alliance's Office of National Affairs. He is a nightmare for medical marijuana patients and will destroy families and communities by amplifying the mass incarceration crisis. And don't you feel like we just finally started talking about the mass incarceration crisis as a whole? It was on Netflix, which shapes all of our lives, and that 13 thing, and now there's a follow-up to the 13 with Oprah, and people are finally starting to realize that the draconian drug laws of the 70s were put in place specifically for the industrial absolutely machine that eats people the industrial we were actually um even during the debates or what have you we were talking about the heroin epidemic that is going on like in the light of white rural and suburban communities so for those who voted for trump who have other relatives that have a drug you know drug addiction this is going to this is going to affect them as well. It's going to roll back. We've just recently had some drug policy reform in the ways of harm reduction. And this, you know, we were talking about this. This has come about because suddenly the epidemic is white. Black <laughs> yeah. people have been dying of, you know, have, have had ad- addiction issues for years. And instead we just incarcerate them. But now all of a sudden that, you know, little Susie, 15-year-old <laughs> Susie Kim, you know, or whatever in Indiana, suddenly she's on opiates and she can't get off the oxys. And now we're like, oh, we need to deal with this medically and help this person. And it's like... Slap that face. was big news when I started. There was some stuff that came out, and I'm sure it's been out in the past before anyway, but it was highlighted recently where in a lot of Trump supporting areas, uh, there was a significant amount of opioid addiction. Uh, Absolutely. It's very, and this is, of course, a lot of the group, and this is a generalized statement, of course, but this is the group that's talking about how drugs are bad, drugs should be illegal, and addiction is, is should be incarcerated. And now look at them. Now they're, I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're the same people that are hopped up and pilled up. Yeah. Because of. You know, because of maybe the pharmaceutical companies, maybe not all of them, because some of them like the meth. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, can go, you can go two routes. You Girl can go classic homemade meth. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, the thing is, it's just like we just came. We're almost full circle with getting everyone on board with the war on drugs is flawed, right. and now we have a new new administration that wants to bring it back. You know, um, in full force. Fifty billion dollars a year. Fifty billion dollars that's the budget uh for the the war on drugs every year that's the dea the drug enforcement agency savings right and to be able to but the thing is that i don't think they want to curb recidivism 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 i can't it's so hard to say that word i'm not gonna even try recidivism like the when people go back to it when you're trying to rehabilitate and you say hey now they're if you put it if you just incarcerate people, they don't get better. No. They get <laughs> and, the scarlet letter. And, but drug addiction, this is like a, a problem that we've created because we don't have the mental health services to be able to service people. I mean, and this all goes back for me. It seems so simple and it's so hard for me to understand, but it goes back to abortion. Maybe if we, not just, you know, there are some people that are alive today that maybe if there would have been access to whatever they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had a terrible life that led them into drug addiction or that led them into alcoholism or that led there's a lot of people that you know i guess i just don't see why 
they have such a moralistic stance on something that is not even alive yet and doesn't have but once someone's actually alive then there's no help services oh it's good an luck for, you know yeah exactly it's just like don't kill that unborn baby but if you're a heroin addict or a crackhead you should be incarcerated you should get the chair now what how 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 much sense does that make right and especially <laughs> if it's less than zero if people yeah. <laughs> if people don't have the parenting skills I mean, and that's the thing to say, oh, they're making an abortion. It's like, how about if we think about parenting skills and teaching kids how to be in relationship education? It all goes back to that word. If your kids, if you teach your young girls that their self-esteem doesn't have to be balanced upon crazy horny. That's the thing is that girls aren't ready to have sex when boys are ready to have sex. And guys are going to push girls into sex and girls are who have different issues and self-esteem issues because of whatever's perpetuated by our society want boys to like them so if they're suddenly said told well i'm not gonna like you if you don't have sex with me they're gonna be like well i want him to allow him to love me and then i even i used to teach high school and i had a student who got she was in my class and she got pregnant on purpose because she said no one's ever loved me my mom didn't love me my dad didn't love me i'm gonna have a baby because this baby is gonna love me and i said you're 16 years old don't do this and then she did she went out and got pregnant and she changed classrooms she wasn't in my classroom anymore she was in the special mommy classroom and you know where they raise their kids in school or whatever with each other and i was like but she she had enough wherewithal to point to it and say, no one's ever loved me. I want something to love me. I'm going to have a baby. And I'm like, what? Well, I mean, it, 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 this go- boils down to where like a lot of people like to talk about fiscal responsibility, but you can't have that if you have, you know, a broken home. Uh, your parents are uneducated because of the fact of economically they were set to fail as well it's all it's like a domino or a snowball effect basically of like you know why people end up in the situations going on to like you know the 16 year old having the child and and how about her upbringing right she had a crappy upbringing. yeah it it goes to that and you know you could you could be as poor as dirt and have a broken home as well as wealthy as fuck and still have a broken home and end up into these situations because it 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 boils down to education and it, it boils down to um also economics but the basic things that people don't get at home because maybe the parents weren't in the house because of addiction or they had to work all the time or the wealthy family was always at work all the time or just didn't give a fuck right you know so in light of in light of uh black history month (laughs) uh, somebody explained this to me and i finally understood like when when people say well we in america are all given the same opportunities and Blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. It's like they started a race, right? <laughs> they started the race, bang. Except that all the black people have 10 pound weights strapped to each leg. And they're like, start the race, bang, go. And then suddenly the white people were all way ahead. And we turn around, we're like, where did they all go? What's going on? And they were like, oh, wait, they had, they had weights on their ankles. We need to take those weights off. Those are chains. And then we take the chains off. Right. You take the chain gang off and you take them off. And you're like, well, why aren't you here now? 
why aren't you up here with us you're so far behind now we just can't even and then and you would think like let's start the race over but people say no 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 no. we're just we're just gonna we're gonna keep going on because i'm entitled because now I'm at the front of the, I'm, I ran fast and hard, and I am at the front of the pack, and it is my pack, and I did the work, and that's what it is. And it's like, but wait a minute, that's not, like. You, yeah, you had a better opportunity and a head start. Right, well, and it, it's, and even if there isn't opportunity and a head start, you didn't have a detriment applied to you. You didn't have huge weights on your legs right. that, that people were not even acknowledging. They're like, all right, let's go, bang. And, and, here, and here's here's the sad part for the poor white folks that think they're ahead of the race, which they're not, but they vote that way. They got another thing coming, especially now with the fact of the matter is just like, you thought your leader was gonna bring your jobs back. You're gonna still be in that shack in West Virginia. You think you're ahead of the game? No, you back there with us too now. And we're you're just all blind. The thing is, the. I, f- I really honestly feel the majority of Americans are are woke in what's going on. And the fact of the matter is, like, I think a lot of people, especially in these rural communities, aren't awoke because they they think they're, they're wishing upon a star. Yeah. It's not going to come true. Right. And it's a reality TV star. So it's like the <laughs> least shiny star in the firmament. It's like the... You know what tarnished I mean? Tarnished star. It's the tarnished star. It's like the star that's about to go supernova. And that seems big <laughs> and good, except that then what happens after that is it becomes a black hole. <laughs> it becomes a seething mass that sucks everything into it and murders and kills all, even the light. Even light cannot exist in a black hole. <laughs> that was funny. That's sounded to like this. a fairy tale, dark and grim. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's we're scared. So back to Jeff Sessions, scary, scary guy. Uh, Sessions' record is deeply concerning. In recent years, 28 states have legalized marijuana for medical use, including nine states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee. And an additional 16 states, including six states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee, have legalized CBD oils and non-psychotropic components of marijuana that have shown effectiveness in managing epileptic seizures that, affect, that afflict children. Uh, CBN's another good one, CBD, uh, THC, THCA, all the good ones. Uh, Additionally, people who use marijuana in Louisiana with a doctor's recommendation are protected from arrest. Hey, that's great. Eight states have voted to legalize tax and regulate marijuana like alcohol, including California. Jeff Sessions has said, good people don't smoke marijuana, disparaging the tens of millions of Americans who have used marijuana, including the last three presidents. He has criticized the Justice Department's guidance respecting state marijuana laws and even opposes marijuana for medical use. If confirmed as attorney general, Sessions could increase marijuana arrests and prosecutions, threaten state officials, and undermine the ability of local agencies to regulate marijuana. In a recent article in The Hill, former Department of Justice officials and Sessions allies said states that voted to legalize marijuana may be in for reckoning. I just—that's the real thing. I just Actually, wanted to put it here. That's the actual quote. It says may be in for a reckoning. Uh, that sounds like him. Yeah, right. Sessions was the chief opponent of 2016 bipartisan efforts to reduce sentences for drug offenses, voting against the bill in committee. Sessions has also been critical of the Obama Justice Department's guidelines around sentencing that were designed to limit harsh sentencing and reserve mandatory minimums for major offenders. 
He opposes any reform of civil asset forfeiture, a process that allows government agencies to seize money and property without having to charge anyone with a crime. We talked about this last year. Yep. The kid that was on, he saved his twelve thousand, eight thousand. It was either eight, ten, or twelve thousand dollars. He had saved this money forever. He was from New York. He got on a train to go live his dream in California yeah. to take his maker his recording and his like new album of whatever music he was doing. And he'd gotten this money from his parents. He'd raised it on the GoFundMe and all the stuff. And he's on the train, and they took his money without charging him of anything and said it was drug money. They just took his money. They took his money. They really? just robbed. took his money. They robbed him. Jacked him. And said he and he had no. He didn't have a pipe. He had no marijuana. There was no. There was no charge. There was no. They can do it up to forty thousand dollars. They can just take, take it. your stuff. They in just property, took his money. And property. And they never. Yeah, your property. They just. They can do that. This was in New York when this happened. The, he was a train. He was on a train. Train. So the Amtrak, and that's the thing, is that the Amtrak officials were somehow different, and. Because we, we went into this whole, we had no idea about this this forfeiture thing. And I think California just overturned it, so we don't, they can't do it in California. But federally, they can still do it. The DEA can seize your property without charging you for a crime, and it's insane. It's insane, yeah. That, that was something very educational that we learned that day. Yeah. But just the sad thing is the majority of people don't know about this and how Jeff Sessions is very dangerous uh, i mean it's uh. it just brings up and the whole thing with that is it was racial profiling oh it's because he was yeah. black okay i mean and and then they just they said well this is drug money why would why would anybody be on this train here uh with because you know ten thousand dollars right how would you have gotten that money he's like well when i, I think of trains it. i think of when i think of drugs i think of trains trains it's, right yeah, yeah the amtrak one the same especially. right that's all you but there was no there were no drugs they just took his money it's terrible uh so that's a real thing um mm. That's a civil scary asset thing. forfeiture. The Drug Policy Alliance has created a digital campaign to put the brakes on Alabama Republican Senator Jeff Sessions' nomination for Attorney General. The Drug Policy Alliance campaign includes a video launched on the route that exposes Jeff Sessions' appalling record on drug policy, civil and human rights, and criminal justice reform. The Drug Policy Alliance video, created by award-winning filmmaker Dream Hampton, alternates between archival media footage of Sessions' troubling racist words and actions and DPA staff and allies talking about what sessions would mean for drug policy and criminal justice. The video ends with a call to action asking people to call their senators to reject sessions for attorney general. Uh, recently, the Drug Policy Alliance organized a teleconference for reporters to discuss Sessions' record on civil and human rights, criminal justice reform, and drug policy. Representatives from Latino Justice, NAACP, uh, Legal Defense Fund, the Council on American Islamic Relations, Cato Institute, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, and the Drug Policy Alliance express their concerns about Sessions. Senators should reject Jeff Sessions for the floor, Piper said. He must be stopped before he causes irreparable damage to our country. Uh, oh, man. These, like, three years are going to be looking sexy. I mean... <laughs> this is the sexiest cabinet ever. All straight white males. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, sexy. This sexy. is not re representative of the republic. This is representative of a very specific type of oh yeah republic. Uh, that it's so scary. Banana. <laughs> the banana. <laughs> yes, there's the joke. They all have their bananas. Uh, so this is the, the, on the cover of their thing. They have the stop Jeff Sessions nomination. He was picked 
uh, to be the next attorney general you can click on the link to send a message to your senator now and uh, you put in your you just copy paste it's really easy uh, the letter that you can copy paste says dear senator president-elect Donald Trump has picked sessions to be the next attorney general of the United States I urge you to oppose his nomination as a US senator from Alabama sessions said good people don't smoke marijuana he once joked that the only issue with the Ku Klux Klan was their drug use he was even denied a federal judgeship 30 years ago by a Republican-controlled Senate for racist remarks. He is likely to use his power as Attorney General to interfere with state legal marijuana and medical marijuana programs. Sessions is also a proponent of harsh sentences for drug offenses. Sessions was the chief opponent of recent bipartisan efforts to reduce the sentences for drug offenders, demagoguing that this proposal would provide for leniency for legal alien drug traffickers and voting against the bill in Judiciary Committee. Jeff Sessions is not fit to serve as Attorney General, and as your constituent, I am strongly urging you to oppose his nomination sincerely, your first and last name. Uh, you can copy-paste this, and they have uh, a list of all of the, uh, of the senators you can send it to. So please, I urge you to do that. Uh, now now because asap yeah because things are things are getting scary he's, he's about to i think there's a either one or two democrats that have are still holding out uh for his confirmation so i was just reading about that today huffington post yeah are they holding out now with the numbers that such that it is is it going to make an impact or is it more of a uh, a spiritual stand he's, i think it it's not going to make an impact right you know he's but it's gonna, important he's going to be yeah. the attorney general it's, it's still important be, yeah. to make waves yeah. and make this known how we feel of course exactly but i mean this is you know it would be a sh the biggest shame to start rolling back the marijuana drug reform uh and policy reform that we've had recently and the legalization that we've rallied around and embraced here in california and in colorado and legally in washington First and oregon all, you would think okay so these republicans love bunny right so look they how claim much, to. yeah. Can if if you see how much revenue that Colorado and Washington State have brought back to their state, right? Um, you would think, hey, I like money. Greed is good. You know what? Let's try to roll things forward because we like money. We can get into this ourselves. Right. But the sad thing is, I think some of the Republicans, like Jeff Sessions, don't don't understand how much you know federally this could help and and bring help economically basically what i'm trying well, to say the, the problem is that they're having a moral stance about marijuana and marijuana is proven now to have medical benefits to help lots of people both emotionally and physically alcohol is the devil and yet yep. it is so legal yeah that's and the absolute truth. And it's on the Republican side, especially the new Republicans or the ones of late, there's been a co-opt by, by the religious right and such that it becomes a moral conversation instead of a fiscal conversation, which, yes, you would win that conversation. Those who win on the side of the money that can be made should win and can win every single time. But you're right. It ends up being a moral problem. And, yes, alcohol has the greatest PR in the world. What marijuana probably needs is some great commercials. Let's get a right. There you go. <laughs> let's get them a good PR team and let's get the word During out. The Super Bowl. Something, something other than Cheech and Chong would be great yes <laughs> something other than Cheech and Chong because what we've done yeah. is we've dumbed down and we've said marijuana users are stupid and that here's the thing and anti-authority if, if, if I'm well I'm I'm anti yeah. sure. but if, if if marijuana makes you dumb then then I 
you know, then I shouldn't have two master's degrees. Like, <laughs> how is it? How is it possible? Be a spokesperson. Right. I mean, great. come on. I, I shouldn't be able to know the fact of the difference between right and wrong if I'm such a pothead. No. That's right. just me. No, well, I, like I Reefer Madness. <laughs> but that's what Reefer Madness said. All the propaganda that went in in the 30s because William Randolph Hearst had cotton farms instead of hemp farms and the hemp breaker just had its, uh, the hemp breaker just came out with its uh, patent and it was going to be widely released so that people could make hemp more usable. It was used to be really difficult to take hemp and turn it into rope and turn it into other things. But this new machine in the 30s, it was great. And so the people that had money in timber and in cotton said, whoa, whoa, wait, yeah. wait a minute. We don't want a competing. And DuPont came out with all that um, yeah. all that nylon rope. And they were like, haha, yep. we don't want hemp Spandex. on. The ships should all be on uh, nylon rope now. They should never do hemp again. We could have had all hemp ropes. We could have natural. It all boils down to a Betamax versus VHS sort of situation, right. political side of the business side, and then it became, the conversation was marketed as morality. Right. Morality, as well as uh, the end of uh, Prohibition, Anheuser-Busch oh, yeah. also was part of the campaign during the 1930s oh, to be part of to, the whole... To villainize. Uh, booze, yeah, yes. We exact, know. Exactly. And booze plus good, they used the bad. whole... Uh, racial uh, stamp tax I believe uh, for Mexican people saying that they were um, the ones that were bringing it in right so that goes back to the 30s uh. if I'm such a stoner why do I know that do you right know all the yeah, facts? you keep bringing facts to the table I don't understand <laughs> we've, we've done a, we've, we've been talking about marijuana for the last three years like I mean all the way from like when it's speaking of the first in the very first uh, medical journals actually in the very first written recorded things of humanity it was the Chinese there were these four books of medicine and the Chinese wrote them and they talk about they talk about medical marijuana this is 4,000 years ago this is one of our first recorded texts and they talk about marijuana usage the the Indians have been using and it's that's even the wrong India indigenous the, the, in, well the Indians from India oh, have been using it for 4,000 years they use cowpea to keep the bugs away they don't use pesticides uh, and it's, it's all natural awesome they have a drink called bang which is this weird like yogurt lossy thing with weed in it it's awesome they've been using it medicinally in for Africa hashish of years. yeah I mean here in the Americas as well and then we we can even talk about in the Americas here the coca leaf Right, that's right. another subject, though. We won't get into well, that. Well, and now I've had coca tea from my one of my friends went to, uh, she went to Colombia and she came back and she brought me a box of coca tea and that stuff was amazing. It was like way better than coffee. It was way better than caffeine, and it was like you know you steep your cough you steep your coca leaves in your water. I don't know if it was illegal for her to bring back, but boy was it good. And it wasn't like I'm high on cocaine. It was like <laughs> it was like really really good coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 I think the fact of the matter is just like we've said this over and over again that there's just too much money in these pharmaceutical companies yeah, yeah, and lobbying, yeah, yeah. and I think that. And the oil business, uh, oh God. petrochemical, they, they, they're all one and the same, I feel like. The, the, the petrochemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they're deriving, like, these fake medicines from science, which is, I mean, it's, I just don't think that we can solve don't everything. Don't use that the, word. It's a dirty word. Science. science yeah, we're done bringing science into this. You can't do I that just, around here. I feel like, why do we, what is it about how they've changed us as a people. They haven't we, changed us. No, they, they have because Some we use... When did we start believing that if you take a pill, it will make it better? 
test done. Yay, there I am. Okay. Okay, I can hear things now. Is LaToya the Sheriff of Truth there? I do not hear her. Why? Let's see. Oh, I got to figure out some user error. Uh, there. Does that help? No? Dang yeah, it. I can hear you. Okay, now I can hear you. Yay! Okay. Sorry, I was having somebody okay. switch. Someone switched the board last night and didn't switch it back. Oh, da, da, da. You're scolding from Auntie Pam. Well, it's. Pam, Pam, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just it's so hard for people to restore. It's like you just, if you changed it, change it back. Uh, it's all good. Hey. Oh, bless What's you. Up? Every cough started with. Allergies. Oh, okay, I was gonna say. Um, hash. Not COVID. <laughs> no, it's not COVID. Yeah, my test is um this week's test again. Take coming up all negative which is definitely positive. So, cool, cool. I love the fact that you're on it, like, constantly, like, getting tested and stuff. Well, I mean... That's the, pretty awesome. Thank you. It's the it's, it's really just the safety of everyone. I just want everyone to feel safe. And, I mean, because I do... I am out... In a, I mean, I'm booking, like... I have five weekly comedy shows now, so I, I'm around, you know? Um, and I want to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, taking precautions, trying to be safe and... Speaking of shows, how was this past Friday show? Oh, um, well, Friday at the station was great, and then I went to Milk Bar and Did I had you a have great set. Well, that was Saturday, yeah. So Saturday, oh, yeah. Saturday afternoon was um, Atlas, at, like every Saturday at two, and then I had six and eight o'clock shows with Hal Sparks, and he is the nicest guy. He is so smart and philosophical. He was so challenging. Like, ooh, I mean, we talked for like. I got there at like 5.20 and I was early. He was already there. And um, and then he, we all left at like 11. We hung out so much. And it was like I fangirled out at the beginning, of course. But um, he's so like nice and give, gave me some of the best advice. Just so smart and funny and genuine. And he, sets, he picked up a mandolin off the wall and just started playing mandolin. Like he's just just... Aww. amazing human being and he, he when he was a kid he's kind of like me I mean he's 52 so he's kind of like in my he's, he's, he's a gen xer yeah wow. can you believe he's it I know great. well he's never had oh a drink God. and he's never done drugs because he was a martial when he was a kid he did martial arts so kind of like how I was a ballerina he did karate or whatever which I don't know what which one he did but he's just like yeah he was in martial arts as a kid and um I just learned so much I mean I was like it was a, it was just every moment was it was like one of the it was wow. one of the best days of my life. Yeah, I, it's it's in the top 5. I have like a top 5 days of my life and um and that's one of them. So, I felt like oh, a real comedian. Awesome. Yeah. And so, then and so then you, after I there was hope, a, I hope you Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask more questions cuz I'm fangirling out too cuz now I'm addicted to uh his his YouTube channel. Oh my god, so, his live stream is so great. Yeah, because you told me about it, and I was just like, I used to really like him, of course, like Queer as Folk and stuff like that. Talk Soup. And talk Soup, yes, from the early 2000s. So, like, I, you know, I I didn't realize, like, I saw it, like, when I watch him on his live stream, I'm like, wow, he looks decent with, like, long hair. Yeah. Like, but I didn't realize, I'm like, he's 52. See? Wow. See, sometimes white don't crack. No, it, he's. Take care of yourself. He definitely takes care of himself. Like he's tight. He looks good. He was. I was like, Oof, oh my goodness. Um, oh no, and he's gay too, right? No, 
No. Oh. No, he's just a really good actor. He's just a really, really good actor. I thought he was getting pulled off. Nope. Thank you, Queer Ass folks. He's, um, yeah, he has, he has a, a, a girlfriend, a GF down there. Um, he talked about his cats. He has tons of cats and he has five cats with his lady. And, um, he lives sometimes in, in LA and sometimes in Las Vegas. And I read, I'm just like, it was, it was seriously one of the best days of my life. And then, and then there was a party that was totally separate. It was at somebody else's house. So it was like a super, I had like this, just this great day. And it was like almost 24 hours of everything that I love doing, like performing. I mean, I got to perform three times. I posted a show. I got to feel like a real comic at the Alameda Comedy Club, hanging backstage with Hal Sparks and in Guy Bellum, the guy who... Um, That's awesome. Yeah. He, weedier and sexier. Um, his first album was called Weed and Sex, and his second album was called Weedier and Sexier. <laughs> he's so fu- <laughs> he's so funny too. He just talks about weed, and he even did cat jokes because he I was did cat jokes. It was I just felt like a real comedian. It was so fun. It was just like one of the best well, days of my life. I mean, anytime, when it's anytime that you get booked with a headliner like that, you are officially are a real comedian. So, <laughs> and it's a, and it's a good thing too because him giving you pointers you're already networking without you know going to LA you know because LA is again still kind of shut down sort of it's slightly like opening up but something else you know something to think about now and I've been reading about this with the entertainment business is a lot of people are going to Vegas yeah and Vegas is cheaper like you know instead of going to LA to like you know you know do a show here or there right Vegas is where a lot of people are going. I think maybe maybe it's because it's opened up uh, before LA. Yeah, and it's but consolidated. It's, also- it's consolidated in that one area, so it's not like LA yeah. where you have to be everywhere. It's like, oh, you could be booked in Van Nuys and then I mean Santa Monica, and it's impossible to get you know from place to place or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then like with uh, Vegas, you know, Vegas is still. I mean, it's a big city, but it still has that little little city vibe of yeah. knowing who your entertainers are and if you know the more you put your face out there kind of thing where you possibly will be noticed and like there's so many like comedy clubs and yeah. showrooms and stuff in in Vegas I mean it's not congested well, with with the LA vibe of I'm an actor I'm a comedian I'm a model actor singer I'm a director I'm a satanist <laughs> uh, so <laughs> No, I'm not a Satanist. No, I'm a witch. If I was a Satanist, I'd be much more successful. So Hal Sparks said about about Las Vegas, he said, it's like a conveyor belt of the United States in that because everyone's coming there. So you you have access. There, yeah. You have access to all these different audiences. We were talking about how when I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, what that was like. And he talked about traveling. And he said that Las Vegas is the best place because you stay in one place and everyone else from the United States is a conveyor belt just coming through, just audiences, audiences, audiences from everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're a genius. Because I was like, what, Las Vegas, really? He said, well, it's only, you know, three hours from L.A. And and it's a, for comedy, it's, you get access to all of those audiences. So he's amazing. And that would be, it's about, what, seven or eight hours from here? Sure, driving. I mean, plane flights right now are super inexpensive. You know, I haven't. Yeah. I was, uh, it was Jonathan's birthday yesterday and we were hanging out. And um, he said. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Yay. Jonathan's 36 now. Yay. 
Yeah, um, you're 36. Yay! I remember when he just was 29. I know. Oh. I remember back in the, I remember when he had his 30th birthday party. He's closer to your age now. <laughs> yes, yes, finally, right? Um, but we were, I was, I was saying, oh, you know, I really, if only I could go somewhere. And he's like, well, you can. It's just that you've made your schedule locked in so that you have to stay in San Francisco all the time. And I was like, you make a really excellent point. Like, I'm the one that did this to myself. Like, I could, you know, go to wherever, but I, and I probably could find guest hosts for my shows. So I purposely lock myself in and I'm like, I can't go anywhere. I can never leave San Francisco. But I do that to myself. But I would like to go to, and that's one of those things. Like, oh, I'd love to go to Vegas. Well, I can go. I just have to work it out. And I mean, I keep doing the COVID testing. I mean, it does make me a little nervous that in Vegas, they're all inside doing whatever they do. Right. With I, I don't know. Do they have masks? Do they not? I, oh. um, I That I don't know. Um, I think they do have masks, and I think there's a certain capacity. But because um, I've had some friends that uh, my aunt was just in Vegas, and she was telling me what was going on there. And so, you know, it wasn't overly saturated like usual, obviously, because we're still in the pandemic. Right. But things seem to be a little bit open. I don't huh. think the poolside stuff is open. But I think with Vegas and with the pandemic right now, people are desperate for possibly entertainers and people to come yeah. see them. Mm-hmm. Like any, this is when capitalism is a plus. <laughs> where it was just like, just like, hey, oh, you're a comedian? let's book you oh you need some work let's book you so we can get some influx of bodies in those seats yeah so i mean and then what you were just saying there is an influx of people moving to vegas yeah like i didn't realize that until recently where i would because i was wondering like why is everyone moving to vegas like because housing prices aren't terrible but are they gonna run out of water i mean it's a desert and it's just funny to me that we have built cities in the desert. I, I don't understand how Saudi Arabia even exists uh, <laughs> as a country, not but, even as I a city. Mean, but Vegas is like, it's just insane to me that it, exponential growth in a desert. I just, without, yeah, you, well, would, you would think there'd be solar energy everywhere. Um well, I, I, the thing is also uh, there's like a lot of construction. So there's a lot of work. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing. There's a lot of work, not just in the entertainment or even hospitality, but in the construction sure. and even in tech and stuff because things, the cost of living out there is much cheaper. And then there's a slew of people leave, leaving California. Wow. I just heard about at least three people moving out of San Francisco. One family uh, uh, they are moving to Southern California. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, like way outside Los Angeles. I don't. I forgot what county, but they're buying a house because obviously in some parts of SoCal it's cheaper to buy a house than here. Right. Right. And then I know some other people who are leaving the state completely. Mm. You know, it's just like you know, and the high housing market here has not gone down. You know, <laughs> That's there true. was a story on. There was a story in the local news about the housing market and how prices have not really changed and San Francisco is still the most expensive city in the country. And I'm like, duh. So now that you have more unemployed people um, or people's hours that got cut, uh, you know, economic uh, desperation, 
course people are going to leave an expensive ass city like this. Even if you do have a good, a great job, what's the point of living in the, in San Francisco when you're not going to the office anymore? You right. might as well buy a house like in the East Bay. Sure, someplace. sure. Yeah, you make you a good know? point. I mean, I love San Francisco and I'll never leave, especially on days like this. This week has been phenomenal. The weather, it's so gorgeous. Oh, the it's, weather's great. But it's, it's such a beautiful city and I don't know. I, I love it here. I, I never want to live anywhere else, I don't think. I mean, unless... Unless I'm paid, I still would want to have San Francisco be my base. But like, let's say somebody woos me to LA to do, you know, a film shoot for six weeks. Yeah, I'll go, of course. Um, yeah, but I like that's that's work, that's, right? Because it's work. But when I mean, who knows? I love Mutiny Radio. I'm fine. I'm so content. Like right now, I just feel like hopefully I get this. So the applications are out right now for the UBI for 130 artists in San Francisco. Oh, uh, it's finally. Been, it's been approved and the application exists online. Go to YBCA and apply for the artist UBI. You have to make under, you have to have made under 60, um, $60,900 in 2019 on your taxes and you have to show them that. Um, before taxes, you have to have made less than that. And that's one of, and then you have to be an artist. And I guess they're going to judge our art. I don't know. They're going to say who's worthy <laughs> or whatever. And so I can't imagine that they're not going to see the worth in Mutiny Radio. Uh, well, so it would be amazing. Especially for what you've done, it's a community as well within a community. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, the things that, you know, you, you had the students that come down there yeah, or yeah. were used to. No, I still teach. I just teach. I teach at the uh, park now. So I teach the nomad kids, but we do it in a park, socially distanced outside on a stage. And um, yeah, it's great. And next week I teach them here. Um, they're going to be doing podcasting and we zoom in because the way that school works is after a vacation, you have to have a week of um, at home, you know, just so that and then a, and a COVID test to make sure that you didn't get it when you were away. And that's what and you already filled out your application and everything. Oh, for the UBI, yeah, uh huh. I it, it opened on March twenty fifth, so last Thursday. It opened last Thursday at noon, and I had applied by noon thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I was on that shit like boom. I was like, that's because I've been waiting for it. They announced it on October tenth on my birthday last year, right. and I was like, oh shit. And I'd written them emails and said, when is this coming out? When is this coming out? And then it did, and I was like, boom. So I'm really hoping for that. And also, I applied for a PPP loan because they opened them up to sole proprietorships uh, differently than they had last year when I did it. And so I could be getting some money. Basically, if I get this UBI and I get this forgivable PPP loan, even if I don't get the California COVID five grand, which I'm still in line for, I'm in like the fifth round now. I'm like, please just give me the Money. Give me um, some money. But if, if I get, ostensibly, if I get all three of those money package grant things, Mutiny Radio is set through the end of 2021 without any other assistance, meaning that I could actually grow. Not only can I pay myself, I could grow my business because I'd have extra money to potentially pay other people to help with marketing. Or I mean, I don't know. I'm not a business person. I'm just, a, I'm just keeping it alive. And 
I'm doing my best only because I'm only doing what I know how to do and I'm trying to take the right advice from people, but I'm just not a capitalist. <laughs> so it's, it's hard for me to think about funds and how to spend them and what to do. I, I mean, just because I don't, I don't think about, I don't think about money th- in that way. Anyway. Yay. Well, so, well, at least, you know, at least we have the ball rolling in, you know, certain things with this administration and what have you. Um, oh, um, to get on a serious tip. Sure. Uh, I don't know if everyone knows what's, well, I'm sure you guys know that there's the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, trial that is going on. The guy who, uh, from for the George Floyd. Oh. The George, from the George Floyd case. Wow. Um, which that uh the trial started on monday wow i've watched some clips and it's really hard to watch oh my god um because they had um so they had the young teens that filmed it oh my god um one of the girls uh that posted the video that went viral she's the one that took the stand and she was talking about how she has nightmares and kind of like ptsd um and she felt like Everyone that witnessed this whole murder, everyone on the stand that I've watched, even an MMA fighter was on uh, the stand because he was there and he was talking about how tormented, like he couldn't do anything. He like, he had to call the police on the police. Wow. Wow. And so they were, the uh, defense was asking the MMA fighter about the moves that Derek Chauvin was doing on to George Floyd and he said those are moves that are usually illegal and uh in the sport and you know because you can kill someone exactly and here's here's a little excerpt um from the uh from what I uh was watching so on the defense they tried to put this the MMA fire because he's black as the angry black man so when he was on the stand the the defense uh or uh, the prosecutor excuse me the prosecutor asked so after you saw everything that was going on how did you feel uh he he's like uh or excuse me sorry the prosecutor asked so in the statement you said that you wanted to punch those cops in the face is that true and he was like yes it is true and he and the the prosecutor's like it's because you're angry it's because you were angry right and the the gentleman on the stand was like you you don't have the right to tell me if I could feel angry or not you know I'm paraphrasing you know because something you're witnessing something that you can't control no one could help this man because what would end up happening is these people would have been shot or handcuffed yeah even they even called on the stand the firefighter um and she was one of the first responders there and the uh one of the officers uh one of the officers uh, she's like, I'm here for assistance, blah, blah, blah. And the officers is just like, you don't seem like a firefighter. Firefighters wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. If I was you, I'd stay away from this right now. As George Floyd is laying dying, as Derek Chauvin, and she said that, you know, his body looked lifeless and what have you. And he seemed like a small, fatigued man that was on the ground. So they and wouldn't, so they, wouldn't they wouldn't let the first responder they respond? Blocked her. They blocked her from helping. That's insane. That is, that moves it from, like, it's, it was already murder, but that makes it, like, super murder. That, I, I mean, he, the first responder came, they didn't let her do CPR? 
or I mean, could no. he have been saved with a, a CPR? Like that's insane. They, they blocked her. That's insane. Yeah. That's evil. Why? That's so evil. You're right. That's evil. That's evil. He needs. I mean, it's how it just. I can't. I. I just. I don't even. I can't even respond to it, the. It, it, that's how. I didn't know that is. happened. Like, I, yeah, neither did I. Like, there's a lot of thing, uh, a lot of things um, that I've been watching on this trial. So, um, let's see. I'm reading from the Daily News now. So, uh, she's a firefighter who witnessed that George Floyd's death rejects uh, Derek Chauvin's defense under a heat across examination. So, um, the off-duty firefighter who became a bystander at George Floyd's failure arrest last May, repeatedly knocked down Derek Chauvin's defense strategy uh, during cross-examination. Genevieve Hansen held her ground during the grilling uh, of the defense uh, lawyer, Eric Nelson, making it clear she didn't think much of defense claim that angry bystanders. They're, they're, so now they're, they're saying the bystanders were angry, like a mob. So they're trying to pre project them as a mob anger. See, I know what... I know what they're doing. Yeah, but what is the defense? Um, I don't so, understand how the defense can even mount anything. What is their defense? That he was reacting to a mob? That this George Floyd was so violent and angry that he had to subdue him, had to murder him for eight minutes? Like, no, no, are they saying it was negligence? Are they saying it was an accident? No, no, no. No, they're flipping it over to the fact of, these angry people, these bystanders, these were bystanders. And these were kind of victims, too, that had to watch this murder, and they couldn't do anything. Right. They're trying to project the fact that the cops were possibly in danger because of these angry oh. mobs, so maybe we could get him a lesser charge. Oh. They're trying to, you know what they usually do? I was in fear for my life kind of thing. Uh -huh. So that's why they're using, they're flipping it as angry bystanders and when I said angry, that was in quotes. Yeah. Um, so she goes on to say, I think of a burning structure in the city. This is when she's on the stand. I think of it, uh, I think a burning structure in the city where there were buildings and homes and people living on either side is much more concerning than 20 people trying to tell me to do something. She testified on Tuesday. But you wouldn't be distracted at all, Nelson. That's the lawyer asked. No, she dug in. What if they started yelling? What if they started calling you names? He asked. Like I said, this is her. Like I said, I know my job and I know and I would be confident in doing my job. There's nothing anybody could say that would distract me. Yeah. Um, so, so they're trying to say she, that people can be distracted so that the, somehow this policeman was so distracted for eight minutes by this angry mob that that he used that his force was somehow undue. I don't know. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Well, she she was also was um she also said you know she was was yelling at the officers at the time to check Floyd's car up pulse. Yeah. And uh, Chauvin appeared disturbingly comfortable, as she said, as he knelt on Floyd's neck until the father of five became unresponsive. You yourself were saying, "I want to know what his pulse is." Nelson said as he led her through a line of questioning and tended to show she was part of the highly agitated here's a word no. agitated group of bystanders and see you notice these words are using and she says yes 
Some people were swearing, Nelson asked. Absolutely, she said. And yeah, would you describe other people's demeanors as upset or angry? Uh, Nelson asked. That's the lawyer. So this is her. Um, I don't know if you've seen anybody be killed, but it's upsetting. She shot back before the defense lawyer objected and Hennepin judge Peter Cahill uh, struck the response as argumentative. They struck the response? Jerks. As argumentative. Yeah, because it's, but that's. <laughs> the judge did that. Yeah, because they. There's, there's a whole scene of it. Um, it like I said, you yeah, can watch it's... this live, but. But yeah, so what they're doing, what the defense is trying to do is flip the, the bystanders into an angry mob. When all these people were just, and we saw it with ourselves, hello. Yeah, there's the footage. You... Everyone's like, get off him. Yeah. Get off him. Yeah. Stop it. So, but Fucking stop killing that about. guy. <laughs> they're yes. swearing. It's so because they're. What I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is couple things one we know even if with footage it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter these police still could get off um just like what happened in 1992 mm -hmm. just what we saw like you know with uh Walter Scott in uh North Carolina same thing uh that I can Alton Sterling all those guys we have video of this um but this you know was come to find out it wasn't eight minutes it was more like nine minutes oh. of this man killing this man for nine minutes as oh. everyone could watch um and what i'm afraid of is if he gets off oh my god this country's gonna burn yeah 100 percent. and i'm gonna join and i'm gonna join them to burn it well it's because this is not just the test about the, the about the police it's a test on the justice system as well. Absolutely. Because we know it's failed us. But the, but the world is watching. Like, this trial is being circulated and watched worldwide. Because, mind you, the protests weren't just here in this country. They struck a, a nerve across the globe. And now there's a bunch of uh, uh, police brutality incidents that you, I've been reading about in the UK and in France and in Germany and even in Australia. So, you know, this is, all, all eyes are watching on this case. Right. But the other side of it is, they might, he, he might get the Amber Geiger treatment. She was the one that killed Jean Botham uh, at his house when he was eating ice cream on the couch. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, and she only got 10 years, which she's appealing right now. Wow. So... What I'm afraid of, he might get 10 to 15 years, which is not enough. No, no, it's not. And he... which he could appeal. But the, the, so... but, but the thing that, number one, murder should not be condoned. But one of the problems is that if the people in the police state get off repeatedly, then they can do anything. They can, mur they just, That's we can't let this mm -hmm. go unchecked. Otherwise, That's otherwise we're yeah. accepting the police state. We're saying, we're saying, look at the violence inherent in the system, and that's the way it is, and it's just fine, which is is not okay. And that we that we're letting right. we're letting the administration get off. It's like why? 
how come firemen are so nice and so kind and so amazing and policemen are not? I mean, they're they're both public because servants. Because they, they have that strong as horrible union and the uh, was a qualified immunity as well, um, which in New York, uh, I believe they're going to be ending qualified immunity as well, which is a great thing, which means you can sue the police uh, and the cops themselves. But here's another fun fact I read about with this trial. So apparently, Derek Chauvin, he's not paying for these lawyers himself. The police union is paying for these lawyers. So nothing has happened to this guy yet. No, there's been nothing. Like, he hasn't been... He hasn't been charged he, he like financially. That's, That's uh, wow. All he did was lose his job. But now they're still taking care of him, and he doesn't have to fund it. He made that choice, yes. but then his union, his fellow brethren are paying for his defense. Gross. And he's no longer a part of. I mean, that's – and that's what blows my mind. This is why this story need, this story needs to go up a little bit more about the fact of this is incriminating right here. You have the police union and we pay, we pay taxes for the police. So mm-hmm. why is the police union funding this murderer's defense? Yeah. This needs to be blown up even more. I they just... are on the side of a, I mean, we know they're always on the side of the crim- criminal, but this is like where the spotlight is on. Right. This is the problem with the police union. And we they have just video. Everyone's seen the video, which was an uh, not biased. It's a real camera. It hasn't been doctored. It's a live recording. I, I personally haven't watched it because I just can't see that. I can't watch that. Um, I can't watch it I can't, anymore. I can't, I can't. Yeah. It was like right. on, it was like watching a snuff film. I, it, I don't is, like yeah, I now that the Mm-mm. media, sh- I don't like now when the media shows all these police videos constantly mm-hmm. you know i think i like i'm glad we were watching it but i don't like the fact that we're watching black bodies because now yeah. it's just starting to get like a snuff movie like i said yeah yeah it, it's like it's like what white people used to do to black people they used to call it picnic and that picnic was we're gonna go watching we're gonna go watch a lynching oh, kids so and then after gross. that picnic around the body oh. and then they they barbecue the body after that. Oh, that's so but awful. But instead of doing that, we're shooting it and we're watching it live as mm. we're trying to eat our dinner. Mm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I remember the 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 last video that I watched of um of man being murdered by the police was it was a Sacramento video and it was um a mentally ill person who reached into his pocket and the oh, cop yeah. shot him and shot he didn't, him, he yeah. didn't have any, there was no weapon on him and he, he was just a mentally ill African-American gentleman mentally, yes. and he could have been talked yep. down and instead he was, he was just shot. And I watched that video. He was in a parking lot and th- the thing is that the cop could have used any words. It could have gone up to him and, had he a conversation. Didn't want to. And instead, he, he just saw black shot man. And yeah, and, and he saw unpredictable ha- behavior with a black person. And instead of trying to talk to him, he shot him. And it. And when when it's caught on video, and we see it, and it, and it is not prosecuted, all we're all we're doing is condoning a system that subjugates an entire section of Americans and uh and legalizes murder here's the thing 
here's the thing. We've been screaming about this for decades, centuries. Once it happens to us, it's going to happen to you. And I think we talked about this story maybe a couple years ago when this happened, where there was this, um, this happened in Vegas, where, and these people were white, but these, the SWAT came in, I believe it was the wrong uh, room, but basically they told the guy to get down on the ground and he did, this was on, this was on video too. Um, They told him and the guy was following directions. He didn't have a weapon or anything. And the guy was just was crying, please don't kill me. The guy was following the directions. And I guess, you know, cops are dumb. So they're not, they're not really good at doing directions. Uh-huh. The guy made one false accidental move and they murdered him. Oh. The guy was on his knees and you saw, and he just, it was terrible. And again, this was, this, these were Anglo-Saxons. There's another case that was in, I believe, it, uh, this is a couple of years ago, of this white teen that was shot outside a fast food joint um, by some cops because over marijuana or something like that. You know, oh, you know, we had the Asian spot incident. Oh my God. That happened in Atlanta. Yeah. Where the police officer was just, you know, he's just having a bad day. That was, uh, you, and they tried to blame it somehow on his sex addiction. Like just because you have a sex addiction doesn't mean that you get to murder people, you entitled little prick bag. <sighs> you know. It, so oh, did you hear about the two you... people? The, my biggest fear in the whole world just happened on Monday at um, Mission and Twenty Fourth in front of the McDonald's. Two stray bullets. Uh-oh. M- somebody Holy died. Shit. Yeah, stray bullets. One person's dead. Another one's still in critical condition. Happened on Monday. What? Stray bullets. It's like one of my biggest fears is like being in the Tenderloin and living in my house and a bullet just sort of goes through my wall for whatever reason, which is very unlikely. But that it happened on Monday, a 24th admission is like yeah. people were just crossing the street right in front of Bart and boom, boom, stray bullets. Insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm reading about it. So there's one dead, one injured after shooting at SF's mission district. On 24th admission, one person killed. Um, this is around 9.05. Um, and, oh, my God. I know. Those, my, two, my two scariest fears of death are um, stray bullet, number one, and both ways. Because um, um, when people shoot up into the air, for, like for celebrations or whatever, those bullets go up and they also come down and they come down at 9.8 meters per second squared. Just after you shoot a gun in the air, the bullet, when it comes down, can murder somebody. Anyway, so stray bullets, one of the things I'm super afraid of. And two is when it's really windy, like a branch just coming from out of nowhere and conking me on the head and I, and I get, you know, massive concussion and die. Random branch. This is scary. You know, it's really scary. There's a, the one victim was a 30 year old man who died at the scene, and a 23 year old man who was transported. So, yeah, what's really scary is like that is a time usually that people are leaving, like if they're going out to eat, it's right at that point. It's a Bart right there. It's a Bart right there. The McDonald's is right there. The Bart's right there. There's people there all the time. There's always like vendors on the street that are illegally vending. There's probably also legal vendors that have like little yeah, tents. Yeah, I mean, that's still There's, a heavy populated corner. It's super populated corner. Yeah, the whole thing. I'm there almost every day. And 
I just, I'm like, this is my neighborhood. Oh my God. We're going to hell in a handbasket. This is one of the things that I was worried about that we talked about with, you know, when economic disparity starts to happen, crime gets driven up. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. Good grief. I know. It's the world's going to hell in a handbasket. What can we do to stop it? I mean, I'm just trying every day to be the well, be the do the good, best I can. Some, well, if you want some good news, here's a couple of good news. Yes. Um, so I'll make it brief. So the Capitol Police officers are suing Trump. Ah, That's good. Fantastic. Um, personally, they're they're case, suing him personally. Oh yeah. So the Capitol Police uh, officers. <laughs> are suing Trump for physical, emotional, in- and injury suffered in the riot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good news. Because he incited a riot. And then, yeah, and got people killed. Yeah, he and incited a riot. You remember who Matt Gates is, right? That stupid With Trump the horns. Royalist. The, the one yeah, with, with the, the horns. Head. Yeah, yeah. Well, good news about him, too. He has been uh, under investigation under Will, um, Will Bar, uh, Bill Barr's um, Department of Justice, Ooh. so under the Trump administration. So he is in trouble for sleeping with a minor and sex trafficking. What? Oh, and fun fact, he was the only one out of Congress who did not, who voted nay on the sex trafficking bill. So that says a lot. Wow. So he's in trouble. Wow. 17 year old girl. Epstein's Island, man. Like, Bill Clinton had dinner there, just dinner, 27 times. 27 times he was on that island. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, So that's some good news. Bad news. uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm I'm just wondering what it is about people in power that think they can get away with things that are so blatantly illegal and always and when it comes to just underage women this is I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about Epstein and I was thinking about sex trafficking and and what happens to young women um who would want why would you want to have sex with a person under 18 they don't know what they're doing they probably aren't going to look like they're having any fun it's like, it just means you're evil. It just means you like hurting people. Because, I mean, a 17-year-old girl, is she is she into what's happening? Is she, I mean. D- you know, here's the funny thing. You mentioned Epstein. Here's something that goes on with a lot of these politicians and people in power, as you would say. So we know in circles, and we're going to play the politics game. We know in Washington, there is there is some kind of heavy sex trafficking, brothel grouping thing that is going on. It's just not, we just don't have proof of it yet, you know, because there's been so many cases of sex trafficking or prostitution with these politicians. Right. Like, and then there's, you know, it is, to me, it's very, it is on the, it is, Epstein, like, or exactly alike, 
you know, they have the same thing that goes on in Hollywood, you know, where what? certain women and boys it's called, get passed around. It's called Children. a casting couch, casting couch for a reason. <laughs> Not even a casting couch, sweetheart. Oh, just, yeah. Not just, even a casting couch. Just being passed around, exploited. Yeah, you know? well, there was, I watched this just, it was a documentary and it's on Netflix and it is, it was incredible. It was crazy, but you find out that these children, these two twins had been molested by their mother and had been passed around in like British oh, aristocracy God. circles that they would just, as a child, this boy had just been dropped off at people's houses oh, for God. sleepovers, but there were no kids there and they were abused by adults that were in like the, these high circles of but that's the thing I don't understand. It's like, why, if you have so much power, how do you get That's up? it. It's, it's just like, but they're, I don't like having sex unless everyone's having a good time. Like, why would anybody want to have sex with anybody who didn't want to do that? Like, it's the same thing with the whole Cosby thing. Like, why would you want to have sex with a passed out body? Gross. Or like when girls are raped when they're super mm -hmm. drunk at frat parties. It's like, right. dude, why would you want to do, why would you have Power. sex with a passed out person it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense to me maybe because i don't have weird mental issues or i have i mean my mental health isn't but it, and, and it's like i can understand like sm play structures where there's um where you could set it up ahead of time but that's all based on consent like that's what makes that all kind of sexy is that it is safe and it isn't unpredictable or scary because it's play acting and you discuss it all ahead of time you're gonna do this i'm gonna it's, do this and then when you do it it's play oh no go i'm sorry go oh ahead. no i'm just saying but that's what i don't understand with predators well it's i can't because, put because my it's, head it's, there it's, it's, it's it's because it's coming from sick, twisted, sadistic, psychopathic assholes mm. who need their scrotums or breasts chopped off. Seriously, because it's preying on, uh, on the on the uh, what's the, the innocent, word that I just, but the innocent taking the, someone's um, innocence like that—it's just horrible. It's they're um, children. I just I can't. I've never read a first-person narrative. It's all about power. Yeah. It's all about power. And, you know, and the the thing that you, the documentary you were just speaking of sounds kind of like what they do in these circles with, that, with politicians. Mm. Like, how many scandalous affairs or have you heard within your lifetime that we can't count of Someone sleeping with a minor. Someone having intercourse with a young boy minor. Someone having kitty porn. Like, all these things. Right. Yeah. And there's dozens that we don't know. Like, we don't know what goes on in these circles. Mm -hmm. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just saying out there that I think I do believe that these circles happen. I'm not saying it's Illuminati or anything like that. I'm just saying with wealth and power, you get... People make money off sex trafficking, okay? Mm. You know, it's just people make money off prostitution, but not the prostitution that is consensual, right. okay? Yeah. 
I, I mean, you know, see, and that's the thing is I'm fine with sex work. I think sex work should be legalized. I think that women should be able to sell their bodies if that's what they want to sell. We live in a capitalist. It's one thing that we own that we can actually sell. Why not? Why not make that legal if you're an adult and that's something that you want to do and set your boundaries and make your money and be safe. And that I have, I have no problem with Amsterdam and with sex traffic work. And I feel like it's important. It's, it's great. It's a, Hey, it must be, it's not a way I would choose to make money, but it's still a, a great way for a woman to make money. They call it the oldest profession. Yeah. And there are men that don't have access to sex for whatever reason, maybe they're old or they're, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of reasons Are why. Are Christian fundamentalists? <laughs> well, for what, I mean, there's a, if we could be more open about sexuality, I don't know. And maybe we should, I, I don't know what the answers are, but I do know that we have to protect children. And the, this, the Me Too movement was not my favorite movement, but I am really happy that people are starting to believe victims because why would they lie? And it's just our system is broken. And as we can see, back to the George Floyd thing, if this police officer is not given, I, I mean, it was a blatant murder, at least, at least 25 years. And I don't even think that's enough because if, if the, situation was turned if that was any of one of us if that was any one of us we would get life in prison exactly if the switch situation had been turned and george floyd had murdered that police officer they probably would have been like death penalty how dare you blah, blah, blah. um take down a person of authority but that but that the authority can take us out with no with absent of responsibility for it just yeah, um, or I was in fear for my life. Yeah, well, I'm con now. I was in fear for my life, so that's why I shot this bystander. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that, and that's what the thing, that's what these people that we were watching, they knew this. Mm. They knew that they couldn't go out and push Derek Chauvin off George Floyd because that person. There's, mind you, there are three other cops plus Derek Chauvin. So those cops would have murdered that person. Yeah. Or at least because, tased him. And who wants to be tased? Nobody. Nobody wants to be oh, tased. No, they would have. They, they would have shot him. Yeah. No one. They don't. We don't use tasers here. That's, uh, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, this was in like a, a diverse like neighborhood. So no, that would have been some black and brown bodies. Mm. And then today the testimony is on the store clerk who oh. is just mortified and sad because he worked at the store where they called the police. Oh. So now he has he has to live with that conscience. I haven't I haven't watched that part of the trial yet. Oh. But I will I'll watch some of the highlights. Are they gonna blame yeah, him because he called the police? I don't I I, I I don't know how how they're gonna the defense is gonna try to flip it. But what but, but but actually I do. I do. So this is how the defense is gonna flip it. Well, you were trying to protect the safety of the store oh. because Mr. because George Floyd's criminal record. They're gonna they're gonna bring up his criminal record because they always have to criminalize the victim. Right. We can never be victims. 
So right, even but even it, not even just in the media, everybody. When you're victimized, often if you point out your attacker or whatever, people end up victim blaming. It's a thing. Victim blaming is real. Like every time I've been somehow attacked in a way, I've also been victim blamed after the fact. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's not my fault. Media. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's when it's not, like when you're the victim, you're the fucking victim. There's nothing, don't blame the victim. Like it, it's just the same thing with rape. Like, well, what was she wearing? Well, look what you were wearing. Well, victim blaming. Exactly. Okay, yep. keep going. I'm that's sorry. That's exactly what it is. No, no, because that's a great example. That's exactly what it is. And that's how they're, that, this is how the prosecutors are going to try to flip that mm -hmm. with the store clerk. So that definitely, yeah. But one more bad news. Uh, and then I actually, I want everyone who listens to this podcast to please, please, this is very important. So, I don't know if you guys know what happened in Georgia with the um, with the Republican Party in Georgia basically made a Jim Crow like uh, voting bill to where they are not having poll souls to the polls, which is a, a Sunday, so you can't vote on the weekends. Whoa! And then almost. Uh, Black people vote on the weekends, especially on Sundays, because they have uh, the church's polling places. Exactly. Um, they're limiting drop boxes. They're cutting uh, back on uh, mail-in. They're also um, they're making it illegal for people to give food and water to those waiting in those long-ass lines to vote. Now, Georgia is not the only state. Georgia is the first to pass this bill, which is completely unconstitutional because this is Jim Crow. Right. Our voting rights are being attacked. Yeah. There's 43 other states that are in the following for bills no. just like this because this is what the Republican Party does. This is the lashback so because I, people, because, the, because of the, um, when the senatorial uh, race and how people uh, came out in droves, African-Americans, and yeah. um, the Republicans are like, oh, wait a minute, they all voted. Uh, how do we stop them from having constitutional rights and making choices? Wait, how do we protect our... Uh. So this is also to my LGBTQ, wherever the fuck you are, you motherfuckers. I, they're coming after you too, because oh, in yeah. Arkansas right now, there's a bill to flip I'll read it for you. Oh, this is the thing with the uh, doctors, right? Doctors can refuse care to LGBTQ plus people because just because their own morals are somehow against it. Um, yes, exactly. So this is this is in Arkansas. So this voting rights bill includes you. So we're we need we need each other right now, you motherfuckers. And I know you LGBT glad people got some goddamn money. So get so we what we need to do is get these corporations like Delta, um, uh, Walmart, which is headquarters in Arkansas. We need to stop giving them our money. Absolutely, we need to stop because our rights are in trouble. And so right now, what they're trying to do is with the filibuster is pass the voting rights bill, the HR or HR one, which is making these uh, bills unconstitutional. Because if they go to the Supreme Court. Look what the problem is in the uh, Supreme Court. 
What do you think the problem is in the Supreme Court, Pam? Well, that it was stacked by Trump with his capitalist, capitalist leaning buddies and their and their super. I mean that the woman that he appointed was the clerk of Scalia, and we don't think that Roe v. Wade is gonna that we're gonna be considering overturning this. I mean, it starts. It starts with marginalized people, and then it's going to go just straight to women. It's like let's take away the human this is rights. Women too. Oh yeah. This is LGBT. Women too. Yeah. LGBTQ plus. This is this this voting rights bill is black people. They try they they try to stop with us. You women who want your wombs and don't or don't want them. You gay folks, trans, yeah, Latinos, the non-racist white accepting white supremacist ones uh <laughs> indigenous folks this is you because yeah. what they're going to do like i said there's 43 states that are following bills like this Terrible. like what happened in georgia so i need people to call these I, i'm actually when i get off the phone here i'm going to harass uh brian kemp's phone uh who is the governor of uh georgia who stole Stacey Abrams' governor seat? Mm. Um, so I'm going to be calling those people. Just I want people to whatever you can find to sign for this HR one bill for our voting rights. This is the civil rights movement all over again. Yeah. This is the Reconstruction, ladies and gentlemen. And this is, does not just include black people. This is for everybody else who is not a fucking white supremacist. Yeah, they're trying to. It's. I just it's a bummer that well I hate capitalism but it, white supremacy and capitalism seem to have their hands they seem to be holding hands together but this is how we can take capitalism and say we if you don't support this HR1 stop stop giving money to these people yeah yeah well thank you for illuminating the news again sheriff of <laughs> truth this has been lovely and um and everybody congratulations to your show thank you yeah i just my show is um sold out for tomorrow night too at the first uh the bar at dolores show and i just got contacted by another person they were like oh we want to start a comedy night so i mean right now i have five weekly shows which is crazy and we're almost sold out tonight for asiento so it's going to be an amazing show and um and it's going to be a beautiful night it's going to be yeah it's supposed to be one of the warmest days of the year thus far i'm just so excited like everything's coming up benjamin and i got a poem published in the uk feminist oh, magazine thank you yeah it's called skirting around um and it's about <laughs> that's the, not that's not the name of my poem that's the name of the the publication and it's a feminist publication about how clothing um affects women and all this stuff so one of my poems man suit got chosen and oh uh, and over 10 10 poems were chosen i guess but there were over 100 submissions so that's cool like wow. i got chosen yeah so i'm stoked make you making pam benjamin worldwide yeah right i'm just just doing what i can every day but i do love poetry so yay well, thanks again. Yeah. You're amazing. I can't wait till you, you you're vaccinated now, right? Are you going to start burgeoning out of the house? Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Travel. Baby steps. Baby steps. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we're, we're still out here every Friday night outside Mutiny Radio, six feet distance, I might, six o'clock. I might just have to 
come tag along and see something this week because I am getting itchy of uh, being at the house. Yeah, everything's outdoors. So the Saturday show at 2 p.m. is in um, at Atlas Cafe. It's in a parklet. And, um, and yeah, if, and we've got – I mean, things are starting to be opening up again. I'm like, yay. But everybody stay safe. Keep wearing masks. Wash your hands. Wash and, and, and if get you get vaccinated. vaccinated Still wear a mask. Yeah, of course. Well, we're just, it's, we're going to wear masks now. That's just the way it is. And it's going to help everybody not get sick. Yay. Like, yay. yay. Don't, don't get bronchitis either. Ha ha. Or whatever. (laughs) Pneumonia. I don't know what's, you know. Okay. Well. Watch out for your allergies. Yeah. Um, Well, I will talk to you soon and you're the best and have a beautiful day. Yay. Bye. Yay. Bye. The truth. Yeah. I'm gonna put this back on. Oh. And hey everybody, thanks for joining us here. Mutinyradio.fm in dot sf. I've been Pam Benjamin and I'll be back another day. Um coming up next, I'm just gonna play a little bug house square because it's good. 